So round three goes to Lewis Hamilton, the Portuguese Grand Prix in the books. This is the Overtake F1 podcast. I am Tony Desiri. Thanks for joining us. We'll have a review of the race, some news and notes from Portugal and Portimao. We'll also get our top five, bottom five, and a little brief preview as we head to Barcelona for round number four. It's another win for Hamilton, and this one he had to make two overtakes, passing Max Verstappen and Valtteri Bottas. He picks up win number 97 and bounces back after a win by Verstappen at Imola, now leading Max by eight points in the Drivers' Championship. Was this race boring? Well, once it got settled in, once Hamilton had a lead of five seconds, you can make that argument. They got a little, all right, it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that Hamilton was going to win. Botas certainly didn't have anything for Verstappen and that these three guys were going to finish one, two, and three. Sergio Perez finishing fourth. And yeah, if you were interested in how the top 10 was going to shake out, maybe there was some interesting stuff towards the end. But other than that, it was pretty predictable once Hamilton got the lead. But we're going to go through some news and notes. We're going to go through our top five, bottom five, and we'll get you set for Barcelona coming up this weekend. Subscribe to the channel. Give us a like. Give us a five-star review. We would love the feedback as we continue along this season on the Overtake F1 podcast. So for Hamilton, it's a win number 97, expands his lead over Max in the Drivers' Championship, and once again, we're seeing Mercedes and Red Bull battle after the three rounds of the Formula One season so far. And you've gotten successes and some failures from the four drivers involved on those two teams. Hamilton and Verstappen obviously leading the way, getting the title fight, but you had Sergio Perez in this race, a fourth-place finish. He stayed out longer on his tires to actually lead this race. Botas finishing third, he started from the pole position. That may not be the result that he wanted. It certainly may not be the result that Mercedes wanted. They probably would love a 1-2 finish at the podium, but this is a good bounce back for him after the Imola crash. And also, remember the poor run prior to that crash with George Russell at Imola. So this is a good bounce back for Botas. Portimao, this was not an ideal track for Verstappen. He didn't like the grip. He had complained about it all weekend. He hopes they don't return. His fastest lap was deleted after a track violation at turn 14. His qualifying run, that was also that would have put him on pole position. That was also deleted as well. However, look at big picture here. He did finish second in a weekend. He was not comfortable at all with the track. So, I mean, I'm sure he's excited to get to Barcelona and getting out of Portugal. But look, big picture here. He wasn't comfortable with the track, had some violations over the weekend. Would have put him on pole, would have given him fastest lap. He comes away with a second place finish. Uh, some other finishes, Lando Norris. It's another good run for McLaren, running fifth. Danny Ricardo, who didn't make it out of Q1 on Saturday, he finishes ninth. McLaren getting that going towards that P3 Constructors Championship run. Charles Leclerc for Ferrari, finishing sixth, another the top 10 finish for him. However, Carlos Sainz, a disappointing 11th out of the points. Started the race on the soft tires, went to mediums, never really dialed it in. Was passed by Pierre Gasly at the end. The Scuderia had both cars in the top 10 at both uh, Bahrain and at Imola. This is a disappointing finish for the Scuderia to only have one car in the points. And again, chasing McLaren for P3 and the Constructors. They're still in good shape, but this is a mixed result for Ferrari this weekend. Uh, Alpine, they had a nice showing at Portugal. Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso, both finishing in the top 10, both finishing in points, running 7th and 8th. All right, some other notes. Let's get to Valtteri Bottas for a second. As we mentioned earlier, he finished third, started from the pole position. He was passed by both Hamilton and Verstappen. He did get the fastest lap after Max's was deleted, but this, I, I don't know, it depends on how you look at this. I don't think it was a really good showing for, for Botas. He started from pole. 
you got to think Mercedes wanted at least a P2 out of this, right? Even though Verstappen and Red Bull have shown that they are right there, they are right behind Mercedes, you got to think that Botas has got to be able to get a P2 out of starting from pole on that racetrack. I mean, Toto Wolf gets on the radio. He's urging him to push. How much is this starting to get to the Mercedes boss? That's my big question. There was one report that a source inside Mercedes said that confidence in Botas is at an all-time low, and there was even speculation within the article that Botas would be replaced in season. Now, I don't buy that. I've covered a lot of teams, a lot of sporting events. There's always somebody within an organization that does the I know something you don't know or exaggerates a little bit. Anytime you get an anonymous source, be very careful with those. I know if I'm in Mercedes and I've got this information, I'm not going to go public with it. I'm not going to be wanting my name out there. That's probably very, very confidential. And it doesn't mean anonymous sources are all wrong, but I, I, I would want a little bit more sustainability in a report like that other than an anonymous source within the organization. It, do, it sounds a little too shaky to me. I do think at some point Botas is going to be replaced by George Russell, but not this season. Botas will finish the season with Mercedes. I, I almost guarantee it. Uh, another race and another bad weekend for Aston Martin. This was disappointing because I, there was a lot of expectations for this team, formerly known as Racing Point. They emerged as one of the teams to deal with the chase for P3 and the constructors. They had a win last season with Sergio Perez. They had a pole with Lance Stroll in Turkey, if you remember. They signed Sebastian Vettel. They have a new team name, a new color, and this season has not started well. Vettel and Stroll had a very tough afternoon at Portimao, and neither scored any points. Vettel will get an upgrade for Spain. He did make it to Q3. Overall, this team is seventh in the constructors with just five points. And again, there was a lot of high expectations. They had the brake issues at Imola. It's just been a rough three races for this team. Sebastian Vettel especially. I mean, he, he did not score any points after making it to Q3. It feels like every single race so far this season, I know it's a young, young season so far, but it feels like every single race there is something that's going on with Sebastian Vettel at Aston Martin. Uh, uh, Christian Horner, Red Bull, said track limits have been a problem for the team this season, especially for Verstappen. He lost the race at Bahrain at turn four. He lost a pole position and fastest lap at Portugal. This is what they call the track limit triple. Verstappen said after the race he was surprised that the fastest lap was deleted for a track limit violation at turn 14. He thought the stewards weren't checking at that turn. However, he was wrong. Michael Massey did inform the teams on Saturday about that turn in specifically. Uh, Horner was not happy that Sergio Perez was passed by Lando Norris, however, this was a little interesting. He felt that Norris was not penalized for going off the track. So Horner's got a legit point. Red Bulls had some problems with some track limits this year. He'd like to see some consistency. So would I. Uh, one other news note from this race that I want to get to, and I promise I will not be harping on this uh, all season long, but Nikita Mazepin continuing to show he's not ready for Formula One. We, we're three races in. There's always something with the Haas driver. He crashed on his first lap at Bahrain, had a little spin at Imola. He almost ran into Sergio Perez here at Portugal, who was leading the race. Now, he did apologize. I'll give him credit. And I always give credit for drivers who make mistakes and later apologize. He did apologize for not seeing him, but this is another black mark for the Russian. Now, look, I get it. I understand why he's in the Haas seat. There's no question. We all get it. Pay drivers are part of the sport. And his father's fortune is going a long way. But it's getting to a point where he's dangerous out there. And I, I, I'm now starting to get 
kind of upset. And he's also, it's not good on social media either because Haas will, will post something about Mazepin as they do with Mick Schumacher, you know, trying to promote the team and trying to promote the drivers. And instantly you'll see it on Twitter, just comment after comment after comment, coming in waves about how bad of a driver he is and how angry they are that he almost ran into Perez. I mean, who was the race leader at the time. We're not seeing blue flags and not even seeing Perez. But I, I promise I, I will try not to harp on Mazepin the whole season long because we still got 20 races left to go in the season. All right, so those are news and notes from Portugal. Again, a good race. I like the overtaking from the leaders at the beginning of the race. I know it got a little boring towards the end. Uh, Max certainly didn't have the pace to catch Hamilton to make this race interesting. But in the end, this was a good three-way battle at the beginning of the race. It was very interesting to see Max Verstappen overtake Hamilton off the safety car restart, and then Hamilton taking advantage of the fact that Verstappen makes a mistake while really trying to catch Botas, was able to pass Verstappen. He later passed Botas and picking up the win. All right, now it's time for top five, bottom five after three rounds. Let's go from the bottom all the way up. Number 20 on the list, Nikita Mazepin. Mentioned it earlier, promised not to harp, but he's not very good. His team is a backmarker. He is struggling out there, but man, it is dangerous. And as I mentioned earlier, he is not a good PR look for Haas. Number 19 on the list, Nicholas Latifi, uh, the Williams driver finishing a race for the first time this season. No DNF. He finishes under checkered and he finishes 18th. That's one spot ahead of Mazepin, but he was also passed by a Haas. So that's not a good look for Williams. I'm sure you would probably realize that. That's not a good look for Williams to be passed by a Haas. And who, who passed him? Mick Schumacher, who is 18th on our bottom five. He finished 17th in the race. That's his worst finish, but he did pass Latifi for that position. So let's give Mick Schumacher some credit. Uh, and also, when you're paired up with Nikita Mazepin, you're just going to look good, right? I mean, if you're a young rookie and you're in a Haas and you know you're on the back end of the field, anything that you do that's somewhat decent is going to really shine more because the teammate on the other side is making a mess of his Formula One debut. Uh, number 17, George Russell. I had high hopes for Russell. He had a P11 to start on Saturday, and I thought he was going to get some points in this race, uh, but he didn't. It wasn't a good run. I thought maybe he had some attrition at the top, uh, but... You know, windy conditions, that brought him home 16th. So that's not a good result for George Russell. And I was a little disappointed because I was really hoping he could get some points in a Williams after a good Saturday qualifying run. At number 16, Sebastian Vettel. Um, he has yet to earn a point for his new team. He started 10th. That's a good Saturday run for Vettel. But he does finish outside the points and finishing 13th. And yet it is another weekend where Vettel somewhat disappoints. All right, let's get to the top five. At number five on my list, I got Sergio Perez. He was voted driver of the day. Good run at Portugal after a bad race at Imola. He ran his tires to the limit. That is what he is good at. It was great to see him hold on to that lead. You knew it wasn't going to last. You knew he was going to have to pit. And Hamilton was going to take the lead. But, man, it was nice to see Perez out there holding on as much as he possibly could. He was the voted the driver of the day, and I'm going to put him in my top five at five after the race at Portimao. Uh, four is Valtteri Bottas. Us. I, I'm reluctant to give him too much credit here. He did finish third, but he did start from the pole. He was passed by both Hamilton and Verstappen, and there's really no shame in that. I mean, let's be honest. These are the two guys we're going to be watching all season. So Valter's not in the mix here. This isn't a three-way battle for a championship. We kind of know this. So if Botas gets a third-place finish being passed by the two best drivers on the grid, I can't fault him that much. But at the same time, when you start from pole position and you're in a Mercedes, isn't there a feeling like you should be strong, like you should be holding position, you should be difficult? He wasn't difficult. 
There's there wasn't much of a fight when by the when Hamilton and Verstappen were ready to sink their teeth into Botas' position, and I think that was probably some of the frustration by Toto Wolff here. So he didn't give Mercedes a P2, but he gives them a podium, and that allows them to extend their lead over Red Bull. But I'm sure if you're Toto Wolff, this is a little bit of a frustrating weekend for Botas to finish first and then to run third when you don't show much of a fight in the race. Uh, number three, Lando Norris. McLaren off to a really strong start this season. Norris is the reason why. P5 at Portugal after a podium at Imola. This young Brit, the best of the rest in the championship standings. Ferrari losing out on points with Carlos Sainz out of the top 10. Norris and Ricardo are really giving McLaren a great start to this season. And I'm glad to see it. Norris is a breath of fresh air, and I love his enthusiasm, and he's driving fantastic. Number two, after three rounds, Max Verstappen, a P2 after an un comfortable weekend. I can't stress enough how important that is to get a, to have a driver, not liking the racetrack, not comfortable with the racetrack, didn't like the grip and every track limit problem that he had, he still pulls out a P2 and could have gotten fastest lap in this race. It is clear. Max knows he is in a championship fight. He is in a championship car he will take the races as they come. And so while you love to see some of the aggressiveness that Verstappen is known for, I think if he were to really be honest, it's it's not a terrible weekend on a track you really didn't like to come home second and staying in, in shouting distance of Hamilton. And one obviously is Hamilton. He could have been driver of the day for those overtakes alone. Uh, I'm not a big fan of giving driver of the day to the guy that just wins the race or to give it to Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton For Hamilton to earn driver of the day, it's usually going to be something kind of special, I think, a special kind of drive. Um, I think this was warranted of that, but I liked Perez getting driver of the day. This, again, was a tremendous drive from the champ. It's showed that he is on point. It's a race where he was on point, and you know, look, if you're Red Bull, when that happens for Hamilton, when Hamilton has everything dialed in, you got to give everything you've got to beat him. Red Bull did not have the pace in this race to match him, and now Hamilton has an eight-point lead as we head to Barcelona. So it is back-to-back races, and we'll have a preview of the Spanish Grand Prix, as well as other news and notes that is making the rounds at Formula One. That'll be dropped on Thursday. Again, subscribe to the channel. Leave us a five-star review. If you'd like to hit us up on Twitter, you can at at Tony D Radio. You also can send an email to the Overtake F1 Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Tony Desiri, and this is the Overtake F1 Podcast.